All right, we're in week 10 of the NFL. Uh, so more than halfway through, unfortunately. Uh, I think last week was the midway point. Um, talked trade deadline two weeks ago. Talked the only coach firing so far. The only real big news this week is that Kyler Murray got activated, so he's not out for the season. Uh, and on top of that, is expected to start. Um Obviously, kind of a situation where it's too far gone for them to salvage their season unless they were to quite literally win out, which is improbable, if not impossible. Uh, so, Mike, the real question is with where they are positioned, do they look to trade Kyler or do they hold on to the hope that he's their starter come next year, despite them having probably a top five draft pick? I think it's a. Super interesting crossroads for a NFL franchise because you have a guy who could you see Kyler winning a Super Bowl? No. I, mean, I think that's asking. probably the right answer. I, I think there's a world where he could, but like you you need an entire team around him that is good enough to win, and the only way you're gonna get that is if he's on a rookie deal and he'll never be on a rookie deal again. So my counter would be if you threw Kyler Murray into any team in the NFL right now, would they win the Super Bowl? I would think almost decidedly not. Like, I think if you throw him on the Eagles or the 49ers, I don't inherently know that he makes it happen with like a stand up A plus roster. I think he could. I, I could see a world where Kyler wins the Super Bowl in Philly. Or okay. like maybe, maybe not with their secondary right now, like San Francisco. I just I think it could happen. There's a hypothetical world where it could happen, but regardless, that's not going to happen going forward. And so I think ultimately, what the smartest move for Arizona is deal him, um, and they're bringing him back as an audition to show other teams that he's healthy again, uh, and that they should be willing to eat his contract to achieve that hypothetical world. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But ultimately, the the prospect of just resetting the franchise with a Caleb Williams or a Drake May is just way too enticing for you to pass up. So, um, it, it'll be like it, it'll be a very odd situation in that they are ultimately going to be playing a player that is not part of the future in the hopes of demonstrating his value to trade him uh, in the off season. What they get for him, I have no idea. Um, because I don't think you're garnering like you might get a first depending on the team that's willing to give it up. I don't think you get more than that. Um, so it's just, a, it's a very curious situation that'll unfold at the end of this year. And then you have the whole like Caleb Williams going back to college to avoid the Cardinals situation in light of what happened with Josh Rosen and Kyle, Kyler Murray and those dynamics. And then you have the question of, do they value him over Drake may and, and, so it it sets up to be a very interesting stretch here for for the Arizona Cardinals and really what they do. And then that all assumes that they're in a position to take um you know one of the top two guys which if Kyler returns and plays well they might not be because the Giants are going to be terrible the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Um the the Panthers have not been good. I think Bryce Young will be good, but the Panthers have not been good, and the Bears will reset. And even if the Bears are terrible on their own, like it's just you have to out-tank three other teams, presumably, to get one of those two guys. 
Uh, and because none of the teams that we're talking about, um, really the Bears twice and the Giants, are set with their options at quarterback. So if the Bears or the Giants end up with one of those top two picks, they're taking the quarterback. So it's just – it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds with, uh, with Arizona. But, yeah, I think – Honestly, I think it's super fast for Murray. Um, maybe he is fully healthy. It feels a little bit forced. Like, I would have expected him to come back closer to, like, week 14. When the season's over, like, he's out there. You can prove your worth at that point. Play against some teams that, you know, depending on what their schedule looks like, and I haven't looked at it, but you, you have opportunities to play and demonstrate your value for a team that's really no, going nowhere without – you know, risking yourself to a re-injury by coming back too soon. So I, I I think it's early for Kyler, but maybe he just, like with the coaching change and some of the organizational mm-hmm. stuff that's going on there, maybe he just believes in the new management and the way the franchise is going. I, I don't know, but it's it's really curious. Um, I, I was going to say I don't know that he will be the starter there in a few years. I, I – I, I don't know that there's well, I mean, he, this contract is locking him there. Like, so th- the other part of this too, is if you don't get one of those top two guys, do you believe in like Michael Penix more than uh, Kyler Murray? I, I probably, I, I think I do. Do you? I, I mean, the way he's played this year, Michael Penix has been fantastic. We're talking about how he also he's also got three NFL receivers against college defenses. Like I, I just there is the potential there for him to be better. Absolutely, it mm-hmm. like the, the floor with Kyler Murray is it better? Probably. Um, so it just to me, would I rather have a known quantity in Kyler and and start building around it? And even if you aren't going to win a Super Bowl with Kyler as your quarterback. You start putting the pieces together everywhere else to build a team that's like pretty successful. And then you hope that the next guy you get is sort of the guy. I, like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's That's why I say it's, re- it's a really challenging set of circumstances for the Cardinals because they're bringing him back so early that they're not going to be able to actually tank their way into a top two pick. I... I think more of where I'm coming from on the Kyler Murray bit is that I think if uh, I think a good GM could finesse a bad team into taking Kyler, I don't think like they had to activate him. Right. So there's no guarantee he starts this week. He doesn't have to start. He just had to be activated or he would miss the rest of the season. I think it's in his best interest to play uh, if he's trying to show and impress people. But I think we've seen enough from his ability to be a pocket passer that coming off a severe injury, you have no idea what he's like. I think the Cardinals' best interest is to throw him out there and hope he does well and then trade him away and hope that he does well enough to show himself as a good player, but also not enough to win a game or games, and they just tank the rest of the season and and, and come out with a one or two pick. I think that's like if you're objectively speaking, I think that's what the Cardinals would want most. I think you could probably get a second or third round pick for Murray, which I think bolsters that. Um, but I'm not a fan of, uh, his plays style. I think he runs just a little bit too much. I do think the height thing is an issue. There's obviously 
you know, accusations that he's not very good at studying, that he doesn't understand the game as well. Maybe that's improved in, in the time that he's been injured. But I think if Kyler Murray was the like top five quarterback or top 10 quarterback of old, uh, I think that ship has sailed since then. So I don't know. I just, my thought is you only sell if you're in the top two, because I don't know that you get like, maybe you get a better player in Penix. I, I think Penix is the only guy that like, it, it really depends on if you're Arizona, what, how do you evaluate Michael Penix? Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is, so if you don't evaluate Penix as be having the potential to be significantly better than Kyler Murray in the, because the important part of too is he has to be significantly better in the time span that we're talking about, which would be his rookie deal, which would be, you know, five years. If you extend the fifth year option, maybe six if you tag him. Um, and so, but what you're, you're never going to get a, a enough picks from Kyler to trade up into those top two slots. So you have to evaluate Penix as a guy who could be better. And I just, I think Penix plays in an offense where they they play defenses that are on the badish spectrum. Like I said, he's got very good receivers. And we just saw a lot of mid out of him in Indiana that I just, I don't know that you necessarily throw him into like a below average situation in the NFL and he succeeds. So what I... In a perfect world, would I have Kyler Murray as my quarterback? Probably not. Do I think he has the potential to be a, a bona fide top 12 quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I think he does. And, and is that good enough to get you to a Super Bowl? Probably not. Could it be in the right circumstance? Maybe. I, I don't know. But I, I that's why overall, what the Cardinals do this offseason will be very interesting because I, just, I, I don't see a world where anybody trades for Kyler in season. Uh, well, obviously the deadline has passed, but more, it's just, I, I just, I don't know. Kyler would have to light the world on fire for you to get the sort of return that could even get you in the top two. That's fair. That's, I, I think that's a fair evaluation. I think they'll think he's, other teams will th- be too low on him and the Cardinals will be too high on him and you're not. Yeah. Like you could, you could induce a team to, to trade for him for a first, but it would be a team that's like a quarterback away. And how many of those teams are there? Like the, you know, the Jets come to mind, the Vikings come to mind, but those teams are going to be picking in the 20s. And that, you know, 20s plus a, an eight pick, is that enough to get you that high up? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's a, they're almost in like no man's land in a weird way by bringing Kyler along this quickly. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, let's get to the games this week got several good ones um we'll start with thursday night football and then we got another not a good one (laughs) yeah not a good one for thursday night football well it might be with the spread that close it's going to be a stinker but it might be close which might be a good game yeah Um, might be so bad it's good i'm gonna do the same thing we did last week i'm gonna throw in the early sunday game here uh at 8 9 20 kickoff so we got thursday night football panthers at bears panthers are plus three and a half uh, at the Bears, the over-under is, why do I have, uh, 38 and a half. Uh, and then Colts at Patriots, uh, tech, I mean, technically at Patriots, but this is in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, Colts are one and a half point favorites, over-under is 43 and a half. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first. 
Um, I am. I have picks for both of these, actually. Sorry. Oh, do you? I, okay. I. Um. Yeah. I. Sorry. Um. I'm tempted to do a two for one here on Thursday night football. Um. But jo- oh, sorry. Just for the record, uh, five two and one last week. Good weeks for both of us. Uh, overall in the year. Two last week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 35, 26, and 3, that's 57%, um, not counting pushes, and a uh, we're up five units on the year. So um, stupid versus the spread, quote, unquote, maybe might not be true. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Carolina with the points. Um, I I wanted to I, – I lean the under here too, but the Bajan's going to – start so Chicago winning this game by three I just I don't think Bryce Young is as bad as the tape he showed last week and this is a spot I get it it's on the road but Chicago's not really a hostile environment especially on a weeknight um and I just I think Bryce is going through a lot of growing pains because his supporting cast is terrible and his offensive line is even worse and like shout out Iki Aquano NC State grad uh top 10 pick who has been just God awful at left tackle. Um, they just, but I, I do think that Bryce is going to play better than he did last week when he threw two pick sixes against the Colts. And if if Carolina gets out to a lead here early, they have a chance to really just control the tempo, control the pace, slow the game down. And I think Brown, Thomas Brown is a better play caller than uh, Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich is a horrible coach, by the way. I like it. it just Ever since Andrew Luck left, he he has proven to be really bad with pretty much every quarterback he's had. Um, so I just, but I think in this spot, I like Carolina's defense is pretty good. Tyson Bajan is just a guy, a D two guy, and the Chicago offense is going to not really do a whole lot. So this will be sort of like a. Uh, as close to an NFL rock fight as you can get. And I just, uh, I think Bryce is just such a better quarterback than Bajent that I think that he carries them to at least, you know, a push or like a loss within the points here. But the combination here too is just Chicago's defense is not very good. And, And this is a spot where Bryce should be able to have, you know, Sweat's a good player, but, um, should have slightly more time to be able to, you know, go through his reads. And he's a very yeah. quick processor. Like, I, I just – I think there's a lot of optimism to see a world where Carolina covers and maybe wins out, right? This is – like, maybe if you if you like him at plus three, just take a money line and it's plus 147. And I, I don't hate the under here either, but I'm going to take him with the points. Um, so when I drive to Virginia to place my legal wagers, I'm taking Carolina plus three. Are you on this game at all? I, I'm on the Panthers plus three and a half. Yeah, I, I the Bears are bad, and I got lucky that they covered last week. Um, but I, I don't see unless unless you see a Montez Sweat out of nowhere game here, uh, I would be surprised if the Panthers don't win outright. Um, I just don't think the Bears are very good. Yeah, no, I I agree. They get Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert back, but like like how much impact does a running back have? And their secondary is still bad. Like. The Panthers may not have DJ Chark, but they haven't had good weapons all season. I don't know. Like, 
not having DJ Chark isn't necessarily like the biggest detriment. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Caroline in the spot. I think um, this is, it's not really a tank a game here because no, Chicago owns both picks. So like either way, Chicago wins. So it's not like Carolina has any incentive to lose this game. Um, and honestly, they would probably like, if I were Frank Reich, I'd be like, this team, this team is expecting you to lose every single game. Like they are, every time you lose, they are happy. So go out there and beat them and piss them off. Um, maybe that resonates. Maybe it doesn't. I would hope it does, but, uh, I like Carolina plus three. Um, moving to the Germany game. Uh, we talked about this on the college football show. Offsite games, neutral fields, especially in the NFL. I'm taking the under. Um, I like it. I like it. Where, where are these two offenses scoring 43 and a half points combined? Like, well, I'll tell you, I don't see it coming from from the Patriots here. I mean, I'm on Colts minus one and a half here. Uh, more or less a pick them, right? Unless it's a yeah, like, no, you you play it as a pick them, absolutely. Yeah, so I I mean I have the Colts here, but I agree. I don't think the Patriots will score more than like seven to fourteen. They have not shown us that they can do it, and um, I just don't believe in the Patriots here. You need what twenty twenty four twenty. Yeah. How do you? How does that happen? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't see both teams putting up twenty-one. I certainly don't see the Patriots winning, which I'm sure they will. Now that I've said it, but yeah, I, I like maybe the Patriots win, but like the Patriots last. Uh, sorry, as this loads, uh, the Patriots last four games. Five games. Let's go six games. We'll go the whole season. How about this? They scored 20, 17, 15, 3, 0, 17. They scored 29 against the Bills. Uh, What an outlier that was. Um, 17 and 17. So in all but one game, they haven't hit 20 points. It, I again, I go back to where where are the points coming from in this game? The only avenue for victory for New England is to play a relatively low scoring, grinded out sort of game. Yeah, no, forty three and a half feels like it's a gigantic number for these two offenses. I would agree. And, I would agree. Yeah, and Indianapolis won't have Josh Downs, um, so they're relying on basically Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah, I, I love the under here. I do too. I do too. Uh, I'll probably tell you on the under there. Um, all right, let's get to the noon slate in no particular order. 49ers at Jaguars. Uh, 49ers are three-point favorites over unders 45. You got Titans at Bucks. Titans are one-point underdogs over unders 38 and a half. You have Browns at Ravens. Ravens are six-point favorites over unders 38, which is pretty low. Uh, Texans at Bengals. Uh, Bengals are seven-point favorites over unders 47.5. You have Saints at Vikings. Saints are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over under is 40.5. Packers, or 41. I see that kind of fluctuating. Packers at Steelers. Uh, Steelers are three-point favorites. Over under is 38.5. That is our noon slate. Mike, what do you got? I've got four plays, so we'll just sort of match Really? Okay. Oh, Um, sorry, three. Three. Um, I have two I, as well. You're right. Go I have three. It. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to take Cleveland plus the points uh, against Baltimore. Um, okay. So there's nice. just – yeah, I get it. It's at Baltimore. This is a divisional game, a rivalry game. Six points is too many. Cleveland has one of the best defenses in the NFL. So does Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson has played good, not great. Um, Deshaun is back. This just feels like a old-school AFC North sort of who's standing last, that type of game. And I just I think that uh, Cleveland has the ability to keep this in the number. And I we were talking about this game earlier um, before we started recording. My whole hypothesis on the Ravens this year is they do two things. They destroy NFC teams, and they don't cover against the AFC North. And so if I'm following that theory, uh, I am going to stick with it here, and I'm just going to take Cleveland plus the points. I'm not saying that Cleveland wins this game outright. I think that Baltimore probably still wins, but I think it's more of like a field goal-ish sort of game. Um, 75% of the cash is on Cleveland. I think that's just because of the number, but I I definitely agree with it. So I'm going to take Cleveland uh, and the points here. Are you on this game? Uh, I am not, so I was I was interested to hear. Uh, I'll give you one of mine here. I'm going to go with 49ers minus three. Um, I I don't know. I, this feels like it should be like maybe four and a half, five to me. Um, the fact that it opened at minus one and only got to minus three, and there's more money on Jags plus three, somehow makes me more confident. I think with the addition of Chase Young, the 49ers are probably a, a very, very, very good. I think anything less than a Super Bowl really is is a bust for this year. I know they're five and three. They've struggled here and there. I think if you're going to pick up steam and you're the 49ers, I think this is where it happens. They've obviously got the offensive talent to do it. Uh, you're coming off a bye week after a three-week losing streak. So now is the time to turn up the heat. And I think they do it here, minus three uh, against the Jags. No, I don't hate the logic at all. Um, I think that Jacksonville has been playing well, but if memory serves, they played nobody of substance the past few weeks. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised at all for them to come crashing down to earth in this game. Um, to me, it's just I've seen enough warning signs here. Yeah, they beat the Steelers, the Saints, the Colts. Uh, since they beat the Bills on October 8th. So not exactly a, a juggernaut schedule there that they've played. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see uh, San Francisco win this game. I think three is a good number. Um, anything under that, I would love it, but it's just the, the field goal potential here with the West Coast team going to the East Coast that kind of keeps me away. I don't I don't hate the West Coast, East Coast logic there. I don't. Um What's your next one? Uh, I am going to take the Titans in a pick em. Ah, we're doing the same thing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, this is a, either at a pick em or plus one for Tennessee. If you can get it at plus one, get it now. Um, Just take the money line. There's no world in which plus one helps you in a professional football game unless the yeah. team's tied, which sure, is that's fine. Um, not likely. Yeah. I, uh, it, this is just, Tampa Bay is going in the wrong direction. Tennessee is going in the right direction. Um, Tennessee has exciting things to play for. I thought they played pretty well in a road spot against the Steelers. Like, Will Levis definitely stood in there, showed he's a competent quarterback, and Tennessee may have found their guy who can stretch the field vertically. 
And that's enough for me to believe that Tennessee has some sort of confidence in the way they're playing right now. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay loses a heartbreaker in a game they shouldn't have lost. Houston didn't have a mm-hmm. kicker. That's the only reason why Tampa Bay covered. I'm still so effing mad about that. Um, like, got totally screwed because Houston obviously wins by two. If they have a kicker, they win by three. And they had a chance to go for it to put the game completely out of reach. And instead, they just kneeled it. Um, like, the odds... Sorry, I need to go on this rant. The odds of you throwing a pick six to tie the game there are so remarkably low. Like, just run a single route design play, and if it's not there, throw the ball through the uprights. Like, just, you could have gone for it uh, and and put the game completely out of reach, but Houston instead just kneels on a two-point conversion and costs us the cover. Anyway, I think that Tennessee covers this. I know the game's at Tampa Bay. Nobody goes to Bucks games when it's not Tom Brady playing quarterback. Uh, Will Levis is... I think a pretty decent quarterback, and he'll show it in this game. Tampa Bay's defense has been really reeling the past few weeks. Baker has looked much more like himself than the guy we saw in the first four weeks. And Tennessee's defense is usually pretty good. I know they lost Bayard in trade, but uh, I think Vrabel will cook some stuff up. This feels like a spot where Tennessee wins this game sort of like shockingly comfortably. So, yeah, love Tennessee uh, on the money line. Pick them. You know, whatever you can get them at, take take the Titans. I agree. I think. Look, I think the the one two punch with Tajay Spears is running back number two. I think the way Vrabel can get this team up, the soul crushing Bucks loss, it all kind of adds up to Titans coming out on top here. I also think if the Titans stick with the run game pretty heavily, you could see a an underplay here. But I I, I personally like uh, the Titans here money line just. Coming off of, like, uh, I guess a decent like the Bucks coming off that loss is that's going to be tough to get off the mat for. Um, and I I think the Titans can pull it away here. Obviously, they're not performing super well. Their last big win was really against Cincy, um, maybe Atlanta if you count that. But yeah, I, I, give me the Titans here, uh, even with Tannehill out. Because uh, I think you know Will Levis is. I, I think you could see a Will Levis game again. I think we're going to like just maybe he had like a bad game last week and then we're going to have a good one this week. Uh, my last one for this slate, I'm taking Steelers Packers under 38. Um, we are on the same wavelength. Oh, God. For the record, we don't talk about these picks before the show starts recording. So this is like genuine. Um, you go because I, okay. I did the analysis of this game or the last game. So you go. Okay. All right. I need to apologize to the Steelers, first of all. I said they were a bad team last week. I've been proven wrong multiple times. Uh, they so might they- not, they, or they might still be a bad team. I don't want you to get ahead of yourself of denouncing this take. Okay. In fairness, though, the only loss being to Jacksonville when they've played the Rams and Baltimore and Tennessee, that's impressive. That's I, You got to give them kudos where kudos are due. Um, obviously, they've, they had a very early buy, so maybe that helped them kind of jump the gun there uh, on the other two. But... Um, Look, good defense against uh, a Packers offense who just, like, hasn't found their groove, right? I mean, this is a classic, you know, does Jordan Love avoid a monstrous, you know, Watt brother along with the rest of that defense? I don't think he does, and I don't think he covers 
for the record. I lean minus three on Steelers, but certainly I don't see us going over 39 points here. I think the Steelers are comfortable grinding it out with, with Pickett behind the ball at like a 14 points, 21 points per game and just stifling the opponent on defense, keeping the score low, running the ball, uh, making sure Pickett's not overworked with the throwing. Um, so give me Steelers here all day, uh, like under, because I think they're just going to hold them. And, uh, and honestly, I'll probably sprinkle in Steelers minus three. But yeah, under 38 here. This is a Steelers D versus Packers O pick. So hopefully the Steelers don't put up 35. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they will because the guy calling the plays is still Matt Canada. Um, also, also a huge boon to what I'm saying is yeah, like like there's the there's not a world where Pittsburgh gets ahead and then just runs the score up by continuing to throw deep shots. They they have exclusively thrown the ball to Deontay Johnson within ten yards of the line of scrimmage the past two weeks. Um, uh, yeah, I, I totally same logic. Like Green Bay's offense is not that good. They get a win last week uh, against the Rams with Brett Rippon, but overall, like. Yeah, like there's no there's no reason to think that Green Bay is going to walk into uh, what used to be Heinz Field um, and put up 21 points against this defense with two ends who are going to absolutely slaughter you. Uh, you know, Love has has been very inconsistent. I think this is a game where he sort of comes back down to earth from what. He, like was a very unremarkable but winning performance last week. So, yeah, I just – I don't understand. How, like, it's not that I don't understand the line. It's more I just don't see a world where anybody gets to it. I think 21-10 Pittsburgh is a totally reasonable score. I think even like 14-10, uh, like 17-14, those sort of numbers are where you would expect this game to fall. Um because it, the second that Pittsburgh gets ahead, they're going to look to sit on the football and play, you know, complimentary, run the ball, play defense, field position sort of uh, sort of a game. So, yeah, love the under here. I know a lot of the cash is on Pittsburgh, too. Uh, I'll just take the under and not watch this game, hoping that it's just as ugly as we think it's going to be. All right. Well, let's uh, – is that all – that's all three of yours, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's um, my that's my one o'clock. I like it. Uh, let's move on. We're going to go to the three o'clock slate. Uh, so obviously three Oh five or four Oh five and four twenty five kicks. Uh, no particular order. Falcons at Cardinals. Falcons are one and a half point favorites uh, over under 43 and a half. You got lions at chargers. Lions are three point favorites over under is 48 and a half giants at Cowboys. Giants are 16 and a half point underdogs. And over under is thirty eight, uh, and finally Washington at Seahawks. Washington is six and a half point dogs at Seattle. Over under is forty five and a half. Uh, I'll let you go first, Mike. What do you got? Uh, my two remaining plays are here. Um, okay, I only have one for the late night slate, but go for go for one of yours, and I'll tell you mine. Uh, the Lions minus three. Okay, I like it. I'm on this game on the under 48 and a half. All right. So, well, yeah, I guess we, we've got some stuff to discuss. One, 99% of the cash is on uh, Detroit. Um, two, any any implications of the Chargers' performance against the Jets should be very misleading because they were dominated offensively. 
by the Jets' defense that entire game. They scored uh, as many defensive and special teams touchdowns as they did offensive touchdowns in a 28-3 victory. Um, so they only scored 14 points offensively. Detroit's defense is still pretty good. Detroit's coming off a bye. I get the games in L.A., but Goff going back to that stadium, the offense getting healthy with Montgomery, like this, this should be a Detroit easy win. I, I think it should be an easy win. I think it'll be closer than most people think, but I ultimately think Detroit wins this game because Brandon Staley is a bad coach and Detroit wins this game by a field goal. So I'll be, I'll be super pissed if some sort of two-point conversion stupidity costs us a cover here. But ultimately, yeah, give me Detroit minus three. Um, they're the better team, both, I would say, offensively and defensively, and they should win this game pretty uh, handedly and convincingly, especially coming off a week of rest versus a team that just played on Monday night across the country. I I like it. Uh, so I'm on the under here. I know that the Lions can score like upwards of 40 on their own. They've demonstrated it this year, in fact. Um, I just think that the under here is kind of the play. 48 is a very high number, 48 and a half for the NFL. The Chargers have looked abysmal um, o- over, I don't know, like the past couple weeks, really. Um, the, 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 the Jets, right, like, I'm not sold. That's a good win. You beat Chicago. whoop de doo You lost to Kansas City. You lost to Dallas. You're losing to good teams. The The Lions are, in my view, a good team. I think the Chargers will struggle here significantly, so I do love the minus three. I'll probably tail that. Um, but I like the 48.5 here just because it looks like, to me, that Justin Herbert's really struggled over the past couple of weeks. They don't do well against hard-nosed football teams. The Lions are one of those. Uh, everything in the writings, for me, seems like – you know, Lions are going to get up and then they're just going to run the ball out. And I don't think the Chargers will have many answers. And it's also the Chargers, so it could come down to the wire and you're still coming out on top because the Chargers do something stupid. So I'll take that all day, any day. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the under here. I'll probably tell you minus three. What's your other bet of this week or the slate? I'm going to take the Falcons Cardinals under 44. Um This is a sucker pick because 66% of the public is on the under, but 51% of the cash is on the over. Um, Kyler coming off of IR and not having played with this cast. Plus, Atlanta is just Atlanta. I can see a world where Arizona totally wins this game, but it's not going to be an overwhelmingly dominant offensive performance, and 44 is a relatively high total for the NFL this year. So I just – like Atlanta has been winning through defense, ball possession, and and running the football. And if they're going to win, that's how they're going to do it. If they're going to lose, they're going to lose trying to do it. So to me, it's just – there. I get it. Atlanta's – or. Uh, Arizona's defense is really bad, but he, if that means that Atlanta gets up, guess what they're going to do? Run the ball. Um, it's just going to be, to me, it's it's like 24-21 gets you to 45, right? And sure, maybe that's a realistic score, but I think Atlanta's defense has been pretty good. And for Kyler to come off the bench and freshly carve up this defense to the tune of 24 points, just to me feels like a tough ask. So uh, 
I just uh, I think this game stays under. I think it looks more like twenty one seventeen, um, and so just give me the under here. I I, I think these two offenses are uh, multiple 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 pieces away from being competent, and I'll just I'll take that all day. I like it. I I I think it's a good kind of breakdown. Um, I'll tell you. Last one, I, I do lean Commanders plus six and a half. I'm not going to bet it, obviously, a gigantic Commanders fan. Um, if the line hits seven, I might. I just don't see – I know the Seahawks are good, but if Sam Howell has like a very nice Sam Howell game, uh, you could see a pretty high score. I also don't hate the over for that very reason. Um, I'm not fully convinced that the Seahawks are going to be able to stop Washington, maybe just outscore them. Uh, okay, last two games of the week. Jets at Raiders uh, in what is essentially a pick 'em. I'm seeing plus one on both sides. Uh, and then over under is 36. And then Broncos at Bills on Monday Night Football. Bills are seven and a half point favorites somehow after that abysmal showing this past week. Uh, over under is 47. Uh, I'll go here, Mike, because I know you don't have a play. Uh, I'm going to take the under the Jets Raiders game. Raiders are a bad team. The Jets have a good defense. Obviously, the Jets' largest problem is their offense and scoring. So this, to me, adds up to two horrible offenses, one good defense, one average defense. I, I think we'll see nothing above 22 in my mind, honestly. I would be shocked if we hit three touchdowns in this game. You're probably going to see a lot of field goals, a lot of punting, a lot of change of possessions, playing the field position to try and get it out there. But uh, give me the under here. And then... Um, I guess I lean Broncos plus seven and a half uh, against the Bills until the Bills really show me something. But you could wake up that that Tuesday morning and be like, why the hell did I bet against the Bills? They just had one of those games. So I'm not really going to touch that one probably. Um, yeah, I lean Vegas plus the points. Uh, this is Jets going out west off a horrible uh, offensive performance that shows no signs of getting better. I, I think the under is the right side. It's just I this one feels like it's come down to the point where I don't know that I can take it at the number that it's at. Um, just because, like, there's a – even if the Jets, you know, if the Jets score 14 and you get, you know, Vegas in the, in the same range and, and one of these teams sneaks their way into the mid-20s, like, maybe you – maybe you don't get there. I think you're – ultimately right i just i could see some weirdness going on in this game um and, and maybe that like there's a possibility that the interim like shine wears off of uh off of antonio pierce and their offense comes out and looks terrible and the jets you know get a defensive touchdown or maybe even two like the Chargers did last week and then all of a sudden you know if they get a couple offensive touchdowns are they able to run the ball you know this turns into a 28 point 28 to 10 sort of game um, or this game goes to overtime and you get some sort of weird backdoor on the over. So um, uh, I lean Vegas just because I think the jets are in real trouble. I think the, this is where the wheels completely fall off of Zach Wilson, but I'm not willing to uh, just take the Raiders because like I said, I think there's a possibility that the magic is gone from Antonio Pierce. Um and I'm also with you. I love Buffalo. It's just it, the the cash public split here. 64% of the public is on Buffalo. 77% of the cash is on Denver. It tells me that the Sharps think there's something seriously wrong with Buffalo, and that's enough for me to stay away from it. I like 
I'll be honest, on paper, I don't see where that logic is because I think Buffalo was competitive, it, like more competitive than I think the final score or even the like game sort of script reflected uh, between Buffalo and the Bengals. I think the Bengals are really about to go on a serious run here. Um, and I think Buffalo, that doesn't mean Buffalo's a bad team. I think Buffalo's probably a pretty decent team to a good team. They just have a lot of injuries. And meanwhile, I do think Denver's a bad team. So uh, I, I just, I don't understand the love at seven and a half. Maybe it's just like a, a juicy number, but um, yeah, that's enough for me to, to stay away. Yeah, PFF's uh, like analytic value is on Denver too. So I'm just, I'm staying away from both. Um, but yeah, leans there for Buffalo, Vegas in the under in uh, the Jets Raiders. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that has been our show. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.